Yo, what's up, compadres? Welcome back to another episode. It is your host with the most from the West Coast, SB Press, reporting live from Mastermind Media. And as always, to my right, Lance the Man himself. Yeah. And also to my right, Joe Rosati himself. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Super Joe. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, we have a treat. We have the lovely, amazing, and hilarious Miss Nicole Birch. Hey, guys. Yes, yes, yes. And like that, compadres, let's go. Let's go. Let me go ahead and just say thank you, first and foremost. Ladies and gentlemen, we have Miss Nicole Birch on the air. Yay! Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you. No, thank you for being here yeah, with us. You always. know, can't say too much, but we are going to say a lot. Yes, a let's lot. do it. And not only do I personally think you're a, a queen of funny, uh-huh. but... I, I know you're a funny mommy. Yes. So go ahead and show the world what is it like to be, you know, a funny parent? Um, I, she, she doesn't care. You know, she's <laughs> three and a half. Um, I just, uh, a couple months ago, we shot my second special called Mama Drama. And at the end, and it's kind of like how I got pregnant and the whole fiasco behind it. And then at the very end, I bring her out on the stage. And when she came out, could not be less impressed with me. Like, not impressed. She wanted the microphone herself. And then her dad was backstage, and, you know, in Video Village, they have all the right, cameras right. up. So at the beginning, when the announcer first goes, welcome to the stage, Nicole Birch. Like, everybody in the back room is clapping also, like, boosting morale or whatever. And my daughter goes, no, no, Dada, it's my turn. Let's go. Oh. Like, wanted oh. nothing to do with me walking on stage. What a princess. She, yeah, she wanted the microphone herself. So, yeah, she doesn't care that I'm funny. But oh it makes my. being a parent, right. how you have to have a sense of humor. It's, you know. That's the way it goes, yeah. right? Be on the lookout for that because it's funny, funny, funny. Like I said, laugh your pants and panties off. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to shoot that. And without further ado, we have an awesome segment that we call Let It Fly. Yes. So we're going to throw some yeah. you know, imagery up here. First thing from the mind, just let it fly. Oh, I'm so nervous. <laughs> Please don't be. Please don't be. Oh, Okay. Wow. All right. I, want, I, didn't, I didn't do that one. What's, what's that? What's that right there? That is where I met your co host, Joe Rosati. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Yes, that's right. Pineapple Hill. That is Frank, girl. by the way. That wow. is Frank waiting. <laughs> Frank, okay. I've hold heard on. many stories about this place, so please enlighten me. Okay, so I started working at Pineapple Hill. So when I first saw it, it was a, in a Craigslist ad. <laughs> I had been working at. Uh, I think at the time, uh, P.F. Chang's in Woodland Hills. Okay. And I was not making, at, like, the most you'd make. And you were bartending there. Bartending. Okay. The most you'd make was, like, 120 There was one day I walked with 200 and I was like, this is ridiculous. Right. I can't do corporate anymore. So um, I was looking on Craigslist, and it listed this place. I pull up. It's in a really crappy uh, strip mall, right? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look that appealing, okay? <laughs> no. And I'm like, I, I immediately text my mom, and I was like, there's no way this is going to go well. <laughs> I go in. It's like a cattle call. They had 96 or 94 people apply, come in and do in-person interviews. And I remember at the time Angela was worried, who's the owner, and she was worried because she was like, oh, I don't know if she's fast enough, which I ended up being, I would like to say, a pretty good bartender. Well, you're a damn good bartender. <laughs> yeah, damn, damn good bartender. So uh, she had nothing to worry about, but you watch people go in and out and I'm like, this place looks like the Regal Beagle from <laughs> Three's Company, right? Yeah. So I was like, there's no way. There's, and I te- there's too many people though, 
right? And right. it's LA, and I just, you know. I've it been, goes back to the commercial calls we were talking about. Yeah. Outside. Yes. It's like it's just right. a cattle call. There, the chances of this happening right. are slim. She already didn't seem to be that impressed with me in the interview process, so I was like, there's no way. I tell my mom I didn't get it. And then I think the next day she called and she's like, we'd love to give you uh, an opportunity to come in on Friday and just see how you do. And I was like, oh, great. And I remember the first time I was following the day bartender at the time. I'm not going to name names. Um, <laughs> she's great. I just don't know if she wants me to say anything. anonymous. Um, but she was fantastic. And she had a lot of her regulars and she expressed to me how important having those regulars were. And that she calls them or texts them every morning to let them know she's working. Mm. And I think it was one of the <laughs> slowest shifts. Now at PF Chang's, I was getting killed and not making money. Right. Like it was so busy I was, right. and I wasn't making money. She had, I don't know, it felt like 15 people the whole day. And she was like, yeah, so um, it's kind of a light day, but this is what I made. And it was $250. And I was like, oh, 15 people? And I was like, I can pack this place, dude. Right. So then I started working there and I started making ridiculous money. Uh, I think I was working like four nights a week. And then, um, yeah, the money was great. The regulars were fun. You've got the regulars that have been going there since the 70s because it's been around since 1977. <laughs> and the place still looks like it's from the 70s. <laughs> still, they just yeah. added TVs and, and beer taps. That's it, yeah. right? No evolution at all. Copper, it's copper bar tops. It's yeah. those old booths. You know, like Italian mafia style boots. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I still love it. I still have like nostalgia for the place. And, you know, I still work a couple shifts a week there to pay for my kids' preschool. And it's easy. You go in, it's a six hour shift. You clock in, you clock out, and my kids' stuff's paid for. But I also still have relationships with some of the regulars that have been coming there right. since 2012. You know, yeah. so and the guy there. So do you remember old man Jimmy? Yeah. <laughs> so he's done a lot of my social media. Yeah, stuff. I know. I, I've heard about Jimmy. I've seen Jimmy. I've been next to Jimmy. I have to say I'm not a fan of Jimmy, but I you get, like him now. He has changed. What are you sewered up? Well, he stopped doing coke. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, yes. Bombs. So when he <laughs> was 78, he decided to stop. Do you well, know I what I mean? Like that's stuff. how old he was. That'll do it. So. Like, he, yeah, so he's 80, 84 now, uh, or 82 now. I take him out every year on his birthday to the smokehouse in Burbank. That's that's, nice his, that's his jam. And he, yeah, he doesn't get as messed up. He's more tolerable, et cetera, et cetera. However, he lives, he was living by himself. And, you know, sometimes he would need the walker. Sometimes he doesn't. I swear he has a thousand lives. I don't know how he's still alive. <laughs> and like he's his he's put together by the toxins that he ingests. Like that's the wow. only thing that his blood is made up of. It's like 80 proof. <laughs> <laughs> and so this gentleman, Frank, was looking for a place to stay and he's a handyman. So he moved in with him and I was like, this is actually a really good mutualistic relationship because he needs a place to stay and Jimmy needs help. And that sounds good in theory. However, now you just have kind of two degenerates that don't know what's happening. And right. now Jimmy's taking care of Frank. Mm. And it's great. And they're both great. And I love both of them. But it's it's funny how that happens. So Love, hate situation. That's right. yeah. What you got on that, Lance? Oh, man. This is where I met both of you guys. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah I'm, I have mixed emotions about I know, that. And I told, I told about it all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know what? I look at it this way. I had fun, but I also wasted time. But I had some nights in there. It was good times. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, especially with a friend of ours, you know, and I'll drop his name. I don't care because he's got two names. Fair. I mean, the, the improv yeah. me and him used to do when I came in there was 
funny as shit. That's great. He was my favorite. It, I it was so much fun because he would just talk shit. Everybody thought he was serious. And I'd grab his arm and throw shit at him. Or yeah. I showed up in a jumpsuit one time, a sweatsuit. Everybody knows I wear it. He goes, what are you just getting you in witness protection now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, was, it was good times. But knowing Nicole as well as I do, like you should see that was her stage. Yeah. And she used to run a lot of material there too as well. Right. Yeah. And it was, uh, that, those were fun times. Yeah, and I, I even worked there when I was really pregnant. And I was going to stop earlier, but when you're pregnant at that bar, like, you're making so much money. I was able to not work for six months. That's how much money. And I was working day shifts. Like, Dang. if you're making that much money at lunch. Right. Yeah. So, but then on the night shifts when I'd be working with Farad, we would play these pranks on people where, like, he'd walk behind. I'd, I'd like, grab my stomach and kind of lean forward onto the bar like I was having a contraction. And he would, like, go behind me and, like, spill water so it looked like I was. Oh, that sounds about right. Yeah, like, it broke. It was, That's hilarious. And, or he'd tell everybody it was his baby. <laughs> or he'd tell everybody he was waiting for her to turn 18. So oh, like, wow. Imprinting a, type yeah, stuff? it was a whole imprinting. Exactly. It was a whole thing. He, lo- he was like, this gives me so much material. And I was like, oh, I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's see what else we got here. That was a good one. Oh, Amy Schumer. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what do I want to say? Okay. I thought she did great hosting the Oscars, especially when there was the mishap. And she came out and she was like, after the Will Smith slap. Right. And she comes out and she goes, did I miss anything? <laughs> and that, I thought, I thought she handled that really well. Um, I mean, comedian, mom, pregnant, talks about that kind of stuff. Uh, I remember I was obsessed with her when she first came out with the Amy Schumer show because mm-hmm. she was doing on the street stuff. Right. She was still doing like really raunchy comedy, which was mm-hmm. what I was doing. I was very envious at the time because people were like, dude, this chick reminds me of you. Mm-hmm. And she's like, stole your show. And I was like, I didn't have a show. <laughs> so, uh, she didn't steal anything. It's, it's hers. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see like how her career is going to go. I just, I, I, you know, I know some people are polarized by her, either love her or hate her, but um, I know better than to talk shit, so. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I like her. I think she's great. Yeah, she's good. funny as hell. She's yeah. funny. Um, I, I, you said a lot, but um, I will say with a lot of her, her outside accolades, she's a giver. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing about her personality. She gives back to yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, she's polarizing, but I definitely, you know, she had, especially in the beginning, she was hilarious. Mm-hmm. For sure. I mean, she's done some wonderful things. She's she had is. a great career. I, mean, I can't yeah. say nothing bad about her. She say, also no. gives, I think, a lot of new comics opportunities. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the, the beautiful thing. thing so. Yeah, she sent yeah. the elevator back down. That's what I say. You always have to send the elevator back down. All right, she's great in an interview, too. We're doing this. Mm-hmm. What, what is that? What is that? We're doing Joe? this, huh? Go for it, Joe. <laughs> So Does it say missing Titanic? Yeah, so Jai brought this up the other day, and like, mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah. and then someone brought it up yesterday, and then I was like, I'm amazed. Like, first and foremost, I have I would not want to go fifteen thousand feet <laughs> down to the ocean in that, which is I'm probably bigger than. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, yeah. we're talking. I mean, they fit it's, five it, people; they yeah. can fit one and a half of you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's very unfortunate that people lost their lives, of but course. at the same time, I mean, you're talking about a billionaire. You think you'd have a better plan and have the safety precautions, mm-hmm. like Cameron said. He came out and he, he when he, his article he read about because I looked at it a lot, and it's pretty crazy. Like I just, I think sometimes you know, I mean. Just leave the Titanic where it is, and that's a cemetery, and it is what it is, and no one's going to see it. I mean, I don't want to. I don't think anybody else would want to go down that far. I mean, the ocean is a. That, that's if you want to talk about something that I'd be scared of, the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, with all the shark attacks, I'm yeah. scared of the ocean in general. I don't yeah. even want to put my feet in it yeah. right now. That's yeah. what's going on. This one, I saw some videos, and I assumed, they're like, oh, it's the size of a minivan. So I assumed there were seats. No, there's no seats. You're sitting Indian style with no shoes on. And then uh, my boyfriend said, he goes, I go all to look out the window. And he goes, oh, there can't be windows at that depth. And I go, that's what? right. Yeah. And he goes, no. And I go, so you're, I'm sorry, you're going down that far. There's no windows. You're still looking at a monitor. Just have them send the footage up. Right. What's the Thank difference? You. And so, but then there's also a thing of, you know, there's this going on and it's five billionaires, you know, who all paid like mm-hmm. $250,000 to do it. And then there's, uh, you know, 400 migrants that are missing at sea. It's like, which one gets more coverage? It's like this one does, which right. is insane. And yeah. I know Titanic is a spinoff of it. Like, that's going to get right. more footage. But you're also like, why are we covering? And they're already doing a documentary on it. Yeah. They've already quick, started. Right? Yeah. It's crazy, right? It's crazy. What you got, Lance? That's the exact point I had. I was thinking, you know, like, there's so much more in the world that happens. <laughs> and this has been... Yeah, dominant news. I mean, yeah, God rest their souls. But yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah. I with mean, all the it, money that they spent yeah. too, it's like take. I think they spent more money than what that was actually worth. made of and worth. And it was is is it true that it was ran by like a controller, right? Yeah, like yeah. A Game See, Boy. That's or right. something. Can't get it, it. it was a <laughs> Xbox. Yeah. And they said uh, Sega Dreamcast controller. <laughs> I'm like, wow, no. I think no. that was a roast. I think it was. It an was Xbox. a roast. Yeah, yeah, but it was. It looked it was like an, yeah, like an Xbox controller or PlayStation Two with yeah. the analogs there and everything. Unbelievable, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Someone, oh, someone computed what two hundred and fifty thousand dollars costs to a billionaire. It's the cost of a sandwich to a uh, regular day person. Right. So. Yeah, so it's not That's even. Crazy. Yeah. So you gambled with your life in the equivalent of a sandwich. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dropping a bucket. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what's that. going to happen to the guy who owns this. Like, what's going to happen to him? What are the consequences behind that? Exactly. Oh, somebody else owns it that wasn't in it? I think so. Yeah. Oh, I thought yeah. the guy that was driving it and was the, the one And the thing it. is, oh. it's like we look at the safety precautions on everything. I mean, where's the safety at? I mean, oh. you look, because you're playing with your life. And then wasn't it James Cameron who said yeah, that yeah, not one that. single engineer yeah. passed it? Yep. Wow. Yeah, see, that's the problem I have Why with it. That's it wasn't meant to go down. No. Wow. And they signed waivers. Oh, wow. I am curious to find out if, because they, they said that they found it 1,600 feet away, which right. is fairly close given the massive ocean. But did they, I, I just want to know, like, did they get to see it? Right. Or did they not even get to see it? And then it, I mean, I'm glad that it happened quickly. Right. If that's the way they're going to go, it's not right, like that right. slow losing oxygen part. But it's also like, did you even get what you came for? You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. I don't I know how tell. they would know that either. Right. So. <laughs> we did. Is it, is it comedian? It's a woman comedian. Female, female time, comedian. Right? Here, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I funny. love. I love Sarah Silverman. Her comedy is very different than mine. I have such an appreciation for it. Um, I love the podcast stuff she's doing. She's the first one that I was like, oh, mm, now I want to do a podcast because I want to take questions and I want to, which is not at all what I'm doing right now, but um, I'm <laughs> merging into that. Right. Uh, and that I love the show she did where she travels around America. And even though she's so yes. liberal, they would send her to the most conservative Bible right. belt, right. Mormon, everything. And she would just make friends with everybody. And yeah. I was like, you like, I'm from the Midwest. And when I would go back, everybody was like, yeah, Trump's going to win. And I was like, there's no way he's going to win. I'm from California. Like, no, but there's not a chance. 
but you start hearing it and it didn't make me divisive either way. I was just like, oh, that's interesting that you have that perspective and that we can have that conversation. Right. Where some people are like, oh, my mom voted for him. I don't speak to her anymore, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> no, I agree with you 100% on that. But she's at least open and like, let's have a dialogue where she doesn't like, you know. Mm -hmm. And then I really appreciated that one time she got an internet troll on Twitter. And instead of like going after him, she was like, let's get you help. And he was like, what? And she was just like, well, it sounds like you're in a really dark place. And she ended up getting therapy for him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is to a troll that was just trying right. to like, who's probably in his mom's basement, sad and yeah. complaining. And you're like, that's a different approach than I would have took. And it's inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> so. She's a funny person who takes of a, a sense of humor moment and makes it into a truthful experience mm -hmm. when she was just ex sharing with us. But mm -hmm. I think she has uh, some of the most hilarious, nasty jokes and she she definitely hands down got that down yeah. and i've been i've been seeing her for years and years and years and she just keeps on evolving and keeps on going so yeah, she's pretty one of the dope. goats for pretty sure dope. i agree with lance on that sure. I was, for sure she's if you a compare her in comedy even with you know different men you know yeah, she's, she's, she's done some really good stuff really good. she's been really funny for years and some like of the I said, she's, she's raunchy covered. as shit yeah and i appreciate that mm -hmm. i would put her maybe in the dice category Oh, when, that's a good, yeah. Yeah, because when one. Dice came out, he was so raw. No one knew, and they like, dude, that shit today is still funny to me. Yeah. And he's still so, even even his type of raw is different because his cadence is slow. Yes, yes. It's almost like one-liners, and hers is, yeah, they, there's nobody else that has a voice like that. And, he, and you know, in, in Dice... <laughs> I ran into him one time at Buka. I don't, I don't know if you were there or not. I don't think so. That mother same shit, same outfit, <coughs> just still playing that same character, character like like mm -hmm. she is, mm -hmm. you know. So maybe it's just him. Well, I don't know. It's, supposedly it's not. Is that it there? Yeah. Where? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and dive deep into the story of Miss Nicole Birch. Oh, no. So <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> I like. I, I wanted to just go ahead. I know. I was like, <laughs> smoothed into that. Yeah. So. Enlighten us and, and the audience at home that are listening and watching. Where does your awesome sense of humor come from? What's the inspiration behind it? Uh, I am definitely a storyteller. I'm not a joke teller. So when somebody's like, oh, you're a comedian, tell me a joke. I'm like, get out of here. Yeah, I'm not exactly. doing that. Um, do we cuss on this? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Okay. I'm like, get the <laughs> out of here. Um, because it's it all comes from personal experiences for the most part. Uh, sense of humor. I mean, everybody in my family is fairly funny. Joe knows my mom. Yeah. Uh, she's a funny lady. My dad's actually hilarious. My brother's probably the funniest one of us. He just never wanted to pursue comedy. Uh, and yeah. So and and there was no way you could embarrass us. We'd already been embarrassed so much by the time we were mm -hmm. like five. Right. That by the time you go into the world, you're like nothing can embarrass me now you know what I mean right. um so that's where it comes from but it's all actual storytelling from stuff that's happened it used to be before I had my daughter everything was dating related <laughs> everything and then I got pregnant and I was like well this is probably a good thing because it's either it's going to change my material or I'm still going to be if it weren't for my daughter I would have ended up being like an 80 year old woman still talking about dating <laughs> and it gets a little old <laughs> right yeah it's not the same and I'll tell you what, I've seen, uh, you know, even when we're at the bar, but when I want to go see her live, her dating stories. Insane. L.A. It, is it's a, just, oh, it, they were insane. I mean, and just so funny. And, and you know, I, I think you're right on it. You are a great storyteller. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you really, I remember that show at the Ice House. 
Oh, yeah. That was a great one. And it was uh, the celebrity guy, right, that you were talking about? Uh, Wasn't it the celebrity oh, guy? Oh, Ice House. Oh, Michael Vartan. Yeah. Yes. Sorry, I was thinking about that. that. Yeah. That's. Yeah, I went on a date with my. So imagine. <laughs> Funny. Imagine a celebrity that you had a crush on when you were like in your teen years. <laughs> right. That you were obsessed about, that you made vision boards of his face and that you like kissed goodnight every night. Not, okay, that's not normal. <laughs> um, so imagine that that's normal. And then 20 years later, you run into him at a party and he asks you on a date. Wow. That's what happened. And it's the guy, he's, if you ever watched Drew Barrymore's movie, it's called Never Been Kissed. He was the love interest of her. He's also been in, um, Monster-in-law, right. he was Jennifer Lopez's right. husband, yeah. and he was in um, uh, Alias, opposite oh, Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, he had, like, in the early 2000s, he was, like, a smoke show. Right. And then we went on a date, and chaos ensued, and that was my first <laughs> Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. He's right. great. It, it's no, nothing against him. It was, I just made a complete ass out of myself. So, <laughs> so you alluded to the Midwest. So, you started there, and then, so, what? how'd you transition to L.A.? Uh, I moved from Kansas City in 2009. Gotcha. Uh, I wanted to pursue a career in dramatic acting. Mm. That lasted two days. <laughs> and I took headshots my first day here. And he even asked me, he goes, do you, why don't you do one that's like lighter for comedy? And I was like, no, thank you. Right. I'm a serious actress. <laughs> and I'm not. I'm not even that good of an actress at all. So um, I that lasted two days. I... Uh, signed up with the groundlings or I auditioned for the groundlings. I got in and then that started my whole sketch and improv career there, which I ended up in the Sunday company, uh, which is a, where you perform a different show every Sunday for six months. And it basically think of how Saturday night live is ran. They have right. a pitch night, right. they have dress rehearsal, they have a real show. And then in between they do improv. Um, and that was a lot of fun. That was a big learning curve. And when my time was done there, I was like, what do I do next? And that's when I started doing stand up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Fun. What you got, Joe? So, um, <clears throat> the writing, mm -hmm. do you write every day or you, because I know you talk about, you go to a lot of personal experiences because yeah. I mean, I know you well enough and I know the personal experiences. Yeah. Did you write every day or no, I think, it, well, first of all, I have a kid now that's three and a half. So absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and I will say I take more advantage of my time. So when I sit down to write, uh -huh. I write, it's better quality. It's sharper. It's with the audience in mind. It's I'm less willing to like, let's try this joke. It's like, no, what's going to hit. Don't right. be dumb. Like that's right. And, it, and it's worked. Um, before I don't think I, uh, I would probably, when I was in Groundlings, I wrote every day. I mean, that was 40 hours of writing a week and unpaid. Right. <laughs> but it teaches you, it really hones your right. craft and like gets that muscle. So when I was cut from Groundlings, because you do six months, you can either do another six months, you can get into main company or eventually they ask you to leave. And like you get two shots at it or three shots at it. Um, and when they, you know, they were like, we like your sense of humor. We just don't want to hear it anymore. Um, <laughs> and so, so when I left, uh, I was still, I still had that muscle and I was like, oh, I don't want that to die. So I was still writing probably 20, 25 hours a week just to keep it fresh. And then I remember I did my first, uh, stand up. I went to a friend's stand up show and he introduced me to the booker and the booker goes, um, he goes, Oh, she did this show at the groundlings guy. I wrote my own show called, uh, the seven guys you date before you get married. And he goes, if you want, I'll give you seven minutes next week. 
and I did my seven minutes and look, I packed the house. So did I really do good? Who knows? But I packed the house. It was material that I'd already used from a show that had already Mm -hmm. done well. So it killed. And then the next week he goes, we'd love you to headline. You get 25 minutes. And I was like, mm -hmm. Ooh, okay. And that's when I really had to start writing and learning the difference between stand-up and sketch and and all that stuff but it again that's probably why I'm a better storyteller than a joke teller because I come from a sketch background you know what I mean right yeah. no for sure for yeah. sure yeah so I like to ask overcoming fear as far as going on stage and you know just really honing yourself before you go on yeah what are some of the practices that you do some breathing techniques some of the the music that you probably listen to before you go on or just talks within yourself yes. to help you prepare yourself for the stage. I'm really good. And this has been so unintentional. So I've just been very lucky that the people that are with me backstage are just really good pep talkers. So this last special was Craig, who's my daughter's dad. I go, I think I'm going to throw up. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, what do you mean you got? And I never, like, if it's just a regular show, I right. don't get nervous anymore. I just, I get excited, but it's almost never nervous, even if it's new material. But this one, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, this, something's wrong. My energy is not good. It's, it's in a low vibration and I need to get it up and I don't know what's happening. And, and Craig was wonderful. He was like, all right with our daughter he's like let's go take mommy to the dressing room we have thought we all have to have a talk and so we're there and he's like here's the thing you love it when the chips are down you love it when somebody says you can't do it so I don't think you can do it and I don't Whoa. think you and I was like yeah yeah it's working he goes by the way I think you can do it but like I don't think you can. I was like, okay and uh and I can't remember what the second thing was he said but he like he knows me well enough and then on my first special the director Corey Craig was so phenomenal at like checking in on me. What do you need? He's like, you're going to kill, like, this is your story. No. And they both said the same thing. Oh, that's what Craig said. You wrote it. Nobody knows if you're going to get it wrong. Like you wrote it. It's a script. It's not like you're, you know, reinventing Shakespeare. Right. right? And people can be like, that's not what you're supposed to say. It's your story. Just go out there and have fun. And, um, and Amir K was the other one. He's a fantastic comedian. If you don't follow him, Amir K is amazing. And he opened for me on my first special and I did the first show and we had a gap between the second show and he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, that was great. You've got that one in the can, no notes, but this one just go lights out. Like, Mm. don't give a shit. Just go have fun. This audience, the late night audience are all your best friends and you need to let it fly. And we ended up using 95% of the material right. from the second show because I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. And then other than that, I just pace a lot. I just pace, pace, pace. And you can even, there's footage of the last special where I'm behind the stage. I'm in the rafters and you can literally see, I did not know there was a camera on me. So this whole time I'm like, I'm confident. I got this. I'm literally Prayer hands folded, looking up, going, oh, come on, She's come on, you can will. do this, you can do this. And I had no idea there was a camera. I'll show you guys afterwards. I had no idea there was a camera on me the whole time. That's awesome. I was yeah. at that, that special, footage. right? Cool. I think that, you were at that one. I was, I was that so, yeah. you I was, killed that. Like, thank I would you. Never I did have not, known that yeah. you were nervous or anything. You came out and owned the stage. Well, for sure. if we've been doing edits this week, and like I come out, my arms straight up, and like, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, that's literally me putting my body in a position to be like, girl, don't 
don't throw up on stage. <laughs> Hands up. You can do this. Psych yourself up. Oxygen that up was, here. Yeah. I was, it was nuts. It was nuts. I that just was, remember when you stepped on stage, you you know, you, you were, you were, you know, said hi to everybody and you started your show, but you just like really owned the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like, off your first couple words. So yeah. Commanding stage I'm presence. glad it looked that way. It that did. is not what I felt like. It's I, like, I know. That's, that's I'm a little so surprised to hear about the, like, the stage fright you have or like the nervousness. It was, this one was different because I think the first one I produced it. Well, that was the Ice House special, right? Wasn't that the first one? Yeah, the first one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yes. The, 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 the comedian was an Indian guy, right? That's Amir Khan. Yeah, that dude's yeah. funny he's as shit. So good, dude. That dude is so no, funny. No, well, he's Armenian, but but yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, and I remember yeah. that. Yeah, but he's so good. He is. He's, he's so funny. Good. And every and then Alonzo Bodden opened for right. me on one of the other ones, right. and uh, Dustin Yabara. They're all like lights out comics. It's crazy, and. Um, I think the reason that one I wasn't as nervous. I was nervous because it was my first time doing right. a full special. But but by the time I did the second one, it, no nerves no, at all. No, no, like no. we did the first show, the second show, no nerves. But this special, I, and sorry, we did we filmed two. You usually film two or more episode or two or more specials, and then they edit the best of. Right. This one I only had one shot at, and. That didn't really make me nervous. It was that when I got there, like I already knew what Ice House looked like. I I knew where the cameras were going to be. I knew the crew. This, I was walking in. Somebody asked me the other day who directed it, and I literally was like, I have no idea. <laughs> this was produced and funded by somebody else. I was paid ahead of time. It was, very, it was a step up. It was very different. And I'd performed on the El Portal Theater before. I'd performed mm. seven guys there. And uh, it's a play. I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I performed the seven guys you date before you get married there. And it looked so different. It looked so nice and so professional. And then it looks even more professional in post that I was like, oh, I am not. This is a lot. Mm. This is a lot. And even though we had like, I think, 140 people, which that theater goes to almost 400, but they have to have cameras everywhere. Right. Yeah. I was like, this is this is intense. And I think that's probably why. But hopefully, I won't be that nervous. I'm glad it didn't show. <laughs> I hope it didn't show. Oh, so. everybody was everybody was ecstatic. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It was a warm audience for sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you too. So, behind the scenes in the in the comedic world, you know, is there is there like a, a tension between female and male counterparts in the comedian space? You know. Um, you know, they say it's, uh, you know, it's a man's world. It's male dominated. And gotcha. it and it is. However, I've only had one experience where, and it was the townhouse. So when you said I saw okay. the first thing. Yeah. Um, which they have a Del Monte, which is the downstairs of the, it's the speakeasy of the ice house or of the uh, townhouse in Venice. And uh, I got a spot on there and I was the only female. And I remember going backstage and I go, hey, guys, have you seen the lineup? And four or five guys, they're all smoking weed. It's filled with weed smoke. And I'm like, do you guys know what, where the set list is? And they all locked eyes with me and then went back to their conversation. Wow. And my response to that was like, hey, this isn't the 60s. Where the, where the, f- the set list? <laughs> set list. So one other comic was coming in. He overheard the conversation. He was nice enough to be like, here, I'll show you where it is. So he shows me where it is. I'm like fifth and he's fourth. And I go, what is that? I've never encountered that ever. Like, in fact, most of the people who've given me a break 
or given me an opportunity have been men in this industry. Right. So I hadn't experienced that yet. Right. And, and since. And so they start doing their stuff and I'm like standing on the side and I'm listening to everybody. The guy who was a real asshole, he, he had just done his set and he was so stoned that the pacing was so slow that the audience was, people in the audience were rolling their hands, like, speed up, <laughs> speed up, dude. They were, they, they were yeah. trying to give them the light and shit. Oh, yeah, God. they're like, tank, tank. And these guys had performed there quite a bit. Right, right. And uh, the MC was fantastic. Uh, but the first one did okay, second one did okay. Third one tanked, that was the high one. Fourth guy goes up, who was nice to me. And keep in mind, none of the other comics are watching the other comics this whole time. Right. They're all, they just do their stuff, go back and drink, right? Or smoke or whatever. And uh, he does a plan B joke. I had a plan B joke. And I was like, okay, maybe I, maybe I don't do the plan B. Right. And then somebody said something to me backstage before I went up. And it was really rude. And I can't remember what it was. And I was already pissed off. I was already very angry. And so, uh, but I am fueled by rage. So that's good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I go up and he, back. and like, as I'm like getting ready to be called up, I can hear all of them talking and with, that's what it was. I heard them whispering about, let's go watch her. Oh, so wow. every comic that had either gone or hadn't gone decided to come out and line up on the wall to watch me. Cause they wanted me to fail. Like it was very obvious. So my opening bit had changed. And I changed it to telling everybody in the audience what had just happened. And then I individually shit on every comic except comic number four, four. who was nice. Mm-hmm. And I said, by the way, I do have a plan B joke. Are you cool if I did? And he was like, yeah, do it. Like, he, he's like, <laughs> these guys. You know? But like, I shit on all the other comics and I did it in a way that was funny. Right. It wasn't, I mean, you could tell I was heated, but it wasn't like belligerent. It wasn't like out of control. It was still like well-crafted. Right. And then... Then I did my set. I got a standing ovation. That's beautiful. It was it was the best show I've ever done. And then I get off that stage and the MC's like, hey, let me know when I can book you again. And I was like, never. <laughs> I was like, I get it. But I'm like, this is, I don't, yeah. A, it wasn't, and I, he does really good shows. Right. But I was like, I just don't want to come back to Well, this. I remember I used to go see at the Federal quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I could tell the arrogance from the men around her yeah and there was one guy in particular i don't know his name but we knew a mutual friend and he's just a dick yeah he and i just i I can't even remember the guy's name but i just seen it because you know it's how everybody like sees people yeah and you could just see how they just well the girls the ladies come but she would just fire it off yeah you know i mean that was a fun show and a lot of people kind of well i like i thought upstairs was always better than downstairs oh my god so much better yeah um when they would have it upstairs you could get like 150 people in there and you would get comics that were fresh. That's how I got my start. I was right. like, it was my first, it was basically an open mic. And then you have one good headliner that's good. And so you don't know what you're getting. The first hour of the show could be terrible. Right. It could be good. It could be like, it just depended. And so it's not, you know, it kind of got a, not a bad rap, but it was like, oh, well, it's not the comedy store. And I'm like, of course it's not the comedy store. However, it's so Funny because me performing there was the only place in LA I could perform 25 minutes to 30 minutes. Right, right. And, and it was fine. And he usually let me run and the And you were light. doing like monthly there, weren't yeah. you? Right? Yeah. And it was like a lot of sold out shows, not every time, but a lot. And, you know, even at the store, you're going to get seven, 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right. So this was a way to do your I material. Lo- I always work got, it out, I got right. so excited to do that show because they really love their comics, which was great. Nice. Now, having amazing material, have you ever came across anyone using or stealing any of your jokes? 
Oh, um, that's interesting because I will I will say this when I did the Mama Drama special, I researched a lot of female comedians like Christina P, who I think is amazing. She it's Tom Segura's wife, but mm-hmm. she um, her first special on motherhood was Lights Out, and then she just did another one called Mom Jeans. And I'm glad I watched it because I had a whole bit on generational trauma and she covered it and hers was way better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, cut that out. So I don't know a lot of people that cut and paste, but I do know that a lot of us have the same ideas, right? right? Or the same, and it's hard. Um, somebody accused, I was watching on, you could do a deep dive on like Twitter or something. And somebody's like, yeah, look at Amy Schumer stealing this bit. And then they play her bit. And the bit is talking about, do you remember like all those weird sex positions? Yeah. Like the Houdini Dirty Sanchez. And so <laughs> she took that bit and she goes, I've, I've thought of some other ones. And she's like, the Abraham Lincoln where he blah, blah, blah. Or the blah, blah, blah. And like she made it. I'm like, she's not stealing. And they're like, she stole... Um, Patrice, she stole Patrice's jokes. And I'm like, because he made the original ones, Patrice right? Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she didn't steal his. And he wouldn't have even said that she stole his. But, like, she didn't steal his. She was, like, adding two, right? right? But mm-hmm. people were like, yeah, that's that's stealing the same joke. And I'm like, that's not stealing. Now, if it's, there are comics who have definitely been, acu- you know, right. Mencia accused by Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, I mean, that's been going on for years. And yeah. I don't think anybody still knows the true story behind that yeah, shit because it goes back and muddy, forth. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and those are conversations that happen backstage or that you watch another comic open that's newer and then you watch a seasoned comic take it. That's awful. And I can't imagine that, you know, I've had scripts stolen. I haven't had, uh, wow. as far as I know, Damn. material of mine stolen, but. Don't hear that. Joe. So who's your biggest influence? Ooh. Um who's my influence? Ooh. I mean, I can tell you who my favorite comics are. Um because like I grew up on like Lucy and right, Carol Burnett. Course, yeah, like yeah, those yeah, are like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the the greatest hits, right? And then uh, I love Bill Burr. I love how angry he is. A lot of people love is. Bill Burr. Yeah, he's uh, I think he's hilarious. He's so great. I love and my mom is surprised that I love him. His not because he's not good, but because he's clean is Nate Bergazzi. I think he's one of the best comedians. The way he delivers, it's flawless and it's relatable, uh, but it's also clean. So my mom's like, oh, I was just surprised you like somebody who doesn't even <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I like them. Chris Porter, I love Chris. He's a hometown guy. I've known him since I was 15 and he's doing really well. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, I love the time. I love that whole trio, Tom Segura, Burt Kreischer, Christina P., who are all three very different comedians yeah. and you put them all together and you're like, you know, Burt Kreischer is the one who always comes out with oh, a yeah. shirt on, right. you know, the machine, like it's that's the machine, the machine. it's yeah. just all of that. <laughs> and like, that's not my comedy that I do, but I can really appreciate it. Right. And I just like to sit and laugh. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> that's right. funny. Top three places you performed at. It can be California. I know you performed at other places too. Where, where, where. Uh, I'll do. So I'll say, uh, the best shows I've had, there right? So mm-hmm. definitely townhouse Right, doesn't mean I want to go back, but definitely the townhouse was my favorite show. Um, I kind of feel like I have to say, um, the federal only because it gave me my right. start. Right. Uh, I, I mean the comedy store is my favorite. And then, uh, to travel 
I'll add one, which is uh, TK's in Dallas, Texas, because that's mm. A, where I met my boyfriend, nice. and B, uh, the last show I did, it was like the place was vibrating. It was so much fun. And so, in Dallas, Texas, you get away with a lot more than you do in LA. So, <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm actually going to piggyback off of that. Top three places that you would want to perform at? Comedy Cellar. Mm. Um, let's see, Hyenas. And probably Zanies. Well, you see how she's just bam, 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 bam. Yeah. She, she knows. She, knows she, knows she wants. Some, yeah. You know? yeah. Who knows oh, and Punchline wants. Philly. Oh, yeah. Philly. Yeah, Punchline yeah. Philly, please. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. That's one of uh, Tutu's favorite spots. She's big on, you know, going to comedy, <laughs> comedy shows and stuff like that. So yeah. I would love to bring her to one of your shows. Yes. Definitely please. would. Please. So I have a personal <clears throat> bone to pick with you. Oh, uh-oh. Okay, I, I'm going to tell you something. I, I really appreciate your little sketch you did with someone about being a Raider fan and then reference someone that has a Raider tattoo on their f***ing calf. Raider and Nation. You, and you don't use me. And what's funny about this is Lance <laughs> is the one that goes, hey, bro, did you see that shit in the cold? And I go, no. And I looked, I go, are you kidding me? <laughs> I got the, in fairness, I'm the football fan <laughs> the reason i cast ferret is because he's the closest person that looks like edward okay. from twilight series. i'll give you that yeah. so what it is is we made fun of that scene in twilight right where she admits in the forest that she knows he's a vampire except i changed it as i am a chiefs fan and i recognized after dating him for a while that he's actually a raiders fan and so and do I say I should know that you're a Raiders fan because you have a Raiders tattoo on your calf? Yes. Is that an homage to Joe Rosati? Absolutely. Absolutely. But also, you are also one of two people that were bar regulars that were Raiders fans that had a calf tattoo of the Raiders. Really? So I was like, maybe it's a thing. But I'll yeah. tell you what, those were fun times. That was a fun little banter we used to have with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, now I'm kind of like, I don't give a about football because I'm just pissed. Yeah. But I'm glad that as a fan that you can enjoy it. And yeah. you're one of the few Chiefs fans that I know yeah. that are from there. Yeah. And I respect that. Yeah. And, you know, hey, have fun with it. Yeah. But she is a diehard football fan and she knows her business. I do. I, I thought know. there was going to be more fire coming from you since, you know, she <laughs> is a Chiefs fan. Well, no, you know. no, it's, you know, we've had, we had fun. We did, we did pictures about getting along. We did, yeah. you know, she, she would do little bits on Facebook at the time. I mean, she was like, when the Raiders beat them, like there, there was that OT, like, I think there was like three plays in a row. They kept on flagging it. Then yeah. she goes, I'm sober watching this shit. Congrats. You know, we yeah. had fun with it over the years. <laughs> we, had a good time. we had a good time with it. So. Yeah. And I did write a commercial for you to be in that one time. Yes. Remember no, that, that. No. I want yeah. you to tell that story. Because uh, she, this is uh, up. Because, well, I don't know if I can. No, I know. But I, I just, then I'll say something about it. You can it. go ahead. Okay. I signed a disclosure. She basically <laughs> wrote this sketch and got out of it. And it was exactly to the T, her idea, it was, and it was going to be me and you, mm -hmm. and they took it and ran with it, and it was heartbreaking. Yeah, and it, it was, became a commercial. Yeah, it mm -hmm. was really f***ed up. Yeah. And that's how that And we'd been is. talking about it, like, two weeks leading up. Yeah. Like, we talked about it months before right. that. And then my sister was in town, Yeah. and you and I were at the bar, and I literally said, oh, this is the idea, and I told my sister the idea. And two days later, my sister and I were in Santa Monica. I go, we want, we've been wanting to shoot it for three months, but I'm waiting to see what my manager says, but I haven't heard back from him. I wonder why I hadn't heard, heard back, back from, from him. him. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. And he had to pay a exactly. lot of money. Um, <laughs> so then we're at Barney's Beanery in right. Santa Monica, and we're watching 
football and I've got a beer in my hand, I'm standing up and a commercial comes on. I'm not really, I'm on my phone and my sister goes, oh no, and puts her hand on my arm. And I like look up and I'm like, that's weird. That's weird. And it keeps going and keeps going. And it's literally beat per beat beat, per beat beat per beat. The end shot, there's a dog. Yep. Yeah. I had an end shot with like yeah. my dog. It yeah. was it was bop, 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 bop. and I was like, oh, and I dropped the glass. It didn't break. It, it would have been way. It would have been more dramatic if yeah. it would have. That would have been a good. Yeah. But I was like, oh, it just bounced. Okay, I'll get that. <laughs> yeah. So since we're on that topic a little bit, how do you feel about the business now? Um, I. I think, and I think we've kind of talked about this. I think after having my daughter, I am uh, more fulfilled in other ways that now I look at the industry. Like I said, I had a few auditions, uh, commercial auditions, uh, last the last couple of weeks. And I said no to all three of them. And so my heart, it's not that my heart isn't in it. It's just that I've done what two, 300 commercial auditions and I've booked one. Now did that one buy me a Jeep? Yes. But I also know the odds. And if you tell me who's cast in what, or if there's too many women or men, or I'm too old or young, like I can kind of tell you whether I'm gonna book it or not, or if I even have a shot at it. So if I don't have a shot at it, if it's all ages, any ethnicity that they're calling forget in, about it. I'm not gonna go. Yeah, forget you about don't even it. know what you want. You don't know if you want a four-year-old or a 40-year-old, you're wasting my time. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, there's that and then I kind of like you know you take stock so I'm like I out of 12 years the first 12 years I booked six co-stars and one guest star that doesn't even tell what is that 60 grand that you start looking at it like that Mm, I made more off of the commercial yeah and so I'm like you look at that and you're going even if that's $120,000 in a total of 14 years what am I doing you know what I mean I've made more doing stand-up right Right. So, yeah, not that it's just about money, but you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm not even, and I don't, I don't know how you feel, but when you're on set and you're in the trailer, I am so mind numbingly bored. And I know a lot of people are, but there are those people that take pictures and I took the pictures too, but they're like, I'm just waiting for my chance to say my two lines. And I'm so excited. And that was me. And that was me. And now I'm like, shoot me. I don't want to do that anymore. I mean, it's just like the whole thing with that is it's the red tape getting the job. And then when you get to the job, it's like you just sit around and sit around. But you got to go all through all these steps to get there. Yeah. And then when they run it. okay, that was it. You know, it's amazing how much they waste. Yeah with crews and time and that's where they really burn all the money at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then I think I've also come to the conclusion. I, um, whenever I promote my stuff, I promote it on, um, Bob and Sherry. They have this, uh, radio show that's nationally syndicated and, and there's such a, they've been doing it for like 40 years mm-hmm. and it's a well-oiled machine. And you know, I'll do my bit. They always ask me to come on for 15 minutes. It ends up being an hour. And then I, I log off of the zoom, but then, in the other room, it's still going because they're still talking. Their show's still going. So I go back because I'm like, oh, I wonder what they're going to say about me if it really went well. And every time I've done that show, uh, Bob is like, I don't understand how she doesn't have a bigger career. She could do even like she could go from Hallmark movies to the best friend in a rom-com to the blah, blah, blah. She could do stand up. She could do all this stuff. And she's got the look and she's got this. And I'm not saying I'm a leading lady. I'm a great fun friend. Right. Like I would support the hell out of you. You know what I mean? And 
you could, she could do all these things, but, and then Sherry always backs it up with this. You and I've been doing this a long time and luck has so much to play into it Absolutely. that I don't think it's, Oh, I'm so good. And I just haven't got my chance. I don't think that at all. I think there's a lot of people better that this is when it really hit me that there are people that are way better than me that haven't even gotten my six co-stars. And that's when I'm baffled because they're like some of the best actors I know. And I'm like, oh, it is a lot of it is up to chance. That said, you know, I'm not, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to put all my eggs in that basket anymore. I love it. I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Kid now too, so it's like, yeah, Yeah. it is, and I appreciate. You have your priorities, you know. It's just like I have a friend, Mama Tony, that Mark knows, and you guys shout out Mama Tony. I've referenced her before. She said it best back in the day. You know, I don't got time to run to Santa Monica for a commercial audition, say hi, and then drive back two hours. Yeah. But now you know they started to do all the self tapings, which are another pain in the ass because you have to set up the. Well, we we can either go to Farad or you have to set up all the equipment. And there was one where my friend called and he goes, "Last minute audition." It is your age range, it is your ethnicity, and it is, yeah. uh, they're looking for curvier. So like, they don't yeah. ask it. I was like, okay, what's up, let's do this. And he was like, um, you got three hours. And at the same time, I was like, mm, I gotta take my kid to school. I yeah. gotta get ready for yeah. work and I have to set up all the equipment. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be a no for me. And Nicole, five years ago, would have sold her baby. You know <laughs> what I mean, to get to that audition. Right. And Nicole now is like, yeah, I just. And now they try to do them the same day. You know, yeah. and that, that's that, that's the, that's against the rules. Like we were talking about, oh, the, they're not supposed to, yeah, you know, with the strike coming and everything. Um, but one thing too is like, you know, Mark over here, who's supposed to be my boy, he's taped one audition for me. And guess what? I booked it. Yeah, and now, and now he won't do it for me at all. I don't know why, it's, but. That's <laughs> discussion for another time. <laughs> that was a little apartment, remember? That was tight. So I mean, like, look, if it's a, if it's a theatrical and it's juicy and it's fun and it's mm-hmm. and and you th- and I think that I would have a shot, or if I just thought it would be really fun to do, I would absolutely still do it. My heart is still in it that way, but I get more pleasure from doing stand up that I've written that I can produce a show right. that I can ask any like I've got you know I'm have mini tours that I can do across the country now. So not only can I make money doing it, but I kind of have control over how that plays out. Right, I'm right, not knocking right. on somebody's door begging. Right. It's like, hey, can I get a spot? Yeah, okay, great, then I'll be there Thursday. And it's so much more fluid and it's based on talent and not this system that we have no control over, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Now you alluded to you know the professionalism and everything and the parenting. How difficult is it for you to separate the two? Uh, okay, so um, I have a therapist that helps me. Because uh, I've noticed the By your only- mother? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's her freak I love my therapist. mom, but absolutely not. Um, no, I discovered that whenever I would yell at my daughter or snap at my daughter, it's because I had a professional thing going on. Like I was either on my phone and I was trying to answer an email or I was watching somebody else's podcast that was like, oh my God, this is what I want to do. Or I want to edit like this. Or I want to do it like that or or somebody's stand-up special. And I'd be wanting to engage in that and she would need me and that's when I would snap at her. So we now have a rule that when I come home, phone is off. Plus, she goes to bed at 7.30. It's not like it has to be off that long. Do you know what I mean? So phone is off, phone is down. Uh, She was sick yesterday and there were parent-teacher conferences today. So it's, yesterday was great. 
because it was just like a no phone kind of day and we just kind of got to hang out. Um, I get more from engaging with her than I do the professional stuff. However, uh, my heart is still in a lot of that professional stuff. So I still have to allow myself time. Like she can go to her dad's or I can get a babysitter and I can give that also the time and energy it needs, but she gets, she gets 90% of it. So nice yeah. princess for yeah, sure. Princess. Mm-hmm. As yeah. she should. Yeah. yeah. My energy has gone up because of her. Like it's, I like, I was having a really bad day a couple of days ago. Because I was just getting a lot of random critiques from people who've never set foot in the arena. Do you know what I mean? It's always, <laughs> it's, it's not yeah. like, it's, it's they, somebody uh, who's like a CPA they that, don't that have a note about yeah. something I said 10 years ago on YouTube. Right. And I'm like, why did I look that up? And um, I'll take, like, we'll take bubble baths. Everly and I will take bubble baths together. And it, like, re-centers me. I mean, we'll do the, you know, the Santa Claus bubbles, <laughs> like, to make the beard and stuff. <laughs> I will just be laughing. And, like, that re-centers me now versus... You know, a martini or something. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. That content you put out. And I agree adult. totally with what you say, too, because I read something the other day. Um, Josh Jacobs, he's going to probably hold out this guy. Yeah. Wrote, oh, I, you know, I respect you and I just don't understand why you're doing this when people can't make ends meet and this and that. And then someone commented, like, dude, you didn't put in the time to become a professional athlete to go do this. So you have nothing, they they have no grounds to say anything. Yeah. And they just have nothing better to do. Yeah. And like you said, they've never been in the arena. Yeah. You know, just like what we do or the music and everything you got going on and you've never been in it. So you don't know what it takes. You gotta respect the person's crying. Yeah. Yeah, You never take advice from somebody or like you never ask for directions from somebody who's never been on that path that you want to go on. Mm -hmm. Like that's the thing. And that I, I will get lost down a downward spiral looking at comments and stuff. And so I literally have to just stop because I'm like, none of, if you are happy and successful, you both, you can't just be happy. You can't just be successful. But if you're happy and successful in no way, shape or form, would you go on anybody's platform and write anything negative? Right. There's no reason to because you're successful. So you should be busy Mm -hmm. and because you're happy. So why would you shit on somebody else? That doesn't make sense. So whoever is writing those negative comments, that is because I like whenever I like think about a negative thing or passing judgment on somebody, I know I'm not in a good place. Right. So I know on both sides of that. And so it's like, just take it with a grain of salt. You know Clip I mean? that, Ricky. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> so podcasting, right? Yeah. You just started that up. Let us know about your podcast. Yes. What, where, 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 what's what's going on there? Well, I'm shooting it here at Mastermind Studio. Oh, from wow. now on, from now on, I know I started somewhere else, and now I'm I'm here, and nice. I'm yes. glad to be here. Um, it's called the Funny Thing Is Podcast, mm-hmm. and it is where I have usually comedians, or uh, whether it's like from sketch, stand up, or some type of comedian, right? But it's where they share a life changing event. Then they share the medicine it took to get better, which can be anything from like ayahuasca. We have a couple people, including Farid, talks about shrooms, which is lovely. <laughs> he also did, his episode hasn't come out yet, but he did a rebirthing ceremony. Do you know what that is? That's when they put you between two mattresses oh. and you reenact your birth. I was gonna say, yeah. You're going in a fake womb to where, come out. Where, where, yes. where do they do yeah. this at? He's on a fucking What is going on? Shit. It's great. I can't. She talked about oh, ayahuasca. Does she yeah. love talk about that shit? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> he did ayahuasca. No, no, he no. We like we talk about Aaron Rodgers doing this shit all the time. Yes. Oh yeah, he gets really into the spiritual stuff. Yeah, he does some crazy shit. I just heard it. Just run, you know. Just make sure, you know. Yeah. Puke and yeah. Oh yeah. Why? Why? Yeah. 
I would take, well, I've heard like a lot of stories about the ayahuasca stuff, but then, so they share their medicine that helps them get better. Not that everybody's completely healed. I don't think any of us are. And then the last thing is like the funniest thing they learned along the way. So like my friend Joey shared that he, well, when he was diagnosed with epilepsy and then he talked about uh, weed and a medication called Keppra that helped him get life on track. It took a few years. And then I said, what's the funniest lesson that you learned? He goes that it's okay to pee yourself. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's great. And classic. No. I will say, and you cannot clip this, but I will say, I will say, I had the best title for that episode, and he shot it down because he has epilepsy and he used THC. So I said, "Can we call it Shake and Bake?" Oh, that's great. He didn't like it. Wow, that's great. He didn't like it, and I was like, "That's the best name for that episode." So then I I was like, "Fine, I'm calling it Epilepsy and THC." I give up. That's I'm not. I love it. I was so mad that he shot it down. No, I would be too. That's a great title. Yeah. Well, that's a good premise of a show too. I mean, there's a lot there. So I'm sure you're like. Well, it's like what you guys are doing where it's like helping people through the hard stuff and like getting, because everybody's going through it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which brings me into the positive period of the podcast where we leave our audience and viewers at home a positive moment to our next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any positivity that you would like to give the compadres out there? Do I just say anything? What do I say? Say Anything that comes from the heart. Oh, positive. Mm. I will say that from learning from my podcast that people can be in the darkest situation, stuff that I, and I consider myself fairly strong about getting through difficult times, but they'll present stuff to me that I'm like, absolutely no way I could get through that. And they do. They get through it with grace. They get through it with humility. They come out on the other side stronger. And every one of them is now able to laugh about it. And I think that that is, that's in all of us as humans and to not give up because a lot of people that I've also talked to have come close to doing that. And then now they're living their best lives. And I mean, they're not even like they're doing okay or surviving. They mm-hmm. are thriving because they waited it out right? and they did the work. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's my positivity. That's good. Throw down P. All right. Well, uh, I guess this is just a, a big thing. Shout out Ricky was going over a little bit a bit of this last night but it's about success and true success if you really want to succeed you have to want it as much as you want to breathe yeah just that's deep yeah very nice straight up it has to be like you know the you know the breath in your body you know just how you cannot go without it that's how you're you have to challenge everything to be successful so that that's just my opinion well said man thank you yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go between both of you guys. You both just said, you know, sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to just be keeled through the whole thing. Like, I like to see people that when they're winning are the same, you know, same right, person. Right, right, And when they're losing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of like what you both and, said. So. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard balance to do, it, though. It is. It, but, it, you it know, is. one week somebody's, you know, high yeah. and the next yep. week they're low and you see that you see them still rocking. It's, it's and that's that, true. It's grace a beautiful and thing. Yeah. You say, and, yeah. And, I, and I just think that this. People will think that maybe that's like a chemical imbalance, or I just think that's life. It is, you know. I mean, yeah. I just think that's what we go through. Um, I had a discussion actually last night with someone, and he made a lot of sense. And he's a great dude. And he's like, you know what, man? I don't know you that well, but I can see that you're just a good dude. You don't take any shit. You, you just you're a real dude. And he goes, and I, he goes, I think sometimes people get twisted that we don't know what's going on in everybody's head. We just see the shell, right? And then when you go home. The show needs to relax. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then that's when you just, your thoughts just go out. And I was like, damn, bro. Because he's a good dude. Like, right. he owns a restaurant. He, he We were having this deep conversation. And I think it's just a lot of truth behind that, yeah. you know? And I don't think everybody, I think we just, like I said before, everybody just judges everybody. We don't know what the f is really going on in anybody's head. Yeah. Or what they've been through in life or just that day, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. We have to, um, when people speak, we have to, you know, listen to understanding. Of course. Yeah, what they're trying course. to really say. Well, that's a common theme on this podcast. Oh, yeah, right? it's very, it is. It is. It keeps on yes, coming. It keeps on coming, man. Yeah. Man, I can't say enough, and I can't say thank you enough for being here with us. Thank you for having me. This was great. Well, 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 we'd like to have you back again. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. It will not take me as long to schedule this time, I promise. <laughs> I'm We're going to be on You got that little one. Bring her on the show, too. She would the princess. love it. <laughs> she would comedy? love it. Yeah, we'll keep her downstairs until it's time, because otherwise she's going to run the whole show. That's fine. Hey, it'll be show time for her. Love it. Love it. We'll just call this Apollo and it'd be her showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, she she is uh I will say that she is very much a treat to watch you guys in, interact and oh, stuff good. like that. Like okay. you guys, your Wonder Twin powers definitely be activated. Yeah, yeah. Content is yeah. fire. Yeah. Yeah. I love oh, it. I love the content. Yeah, good. Thank you. Guys. you. Yeah. Thank where, you. Where can they find you? Yeah. Um, I'm at Nicole Comedy. Uh, well, you can get me on NicoleComedy.com, which has everything else all the information you need obviously you can do the funny thing podcast on wherever you get your podcast <laughs> and then at nicole birch comedy on instagram and most socials yeah so okay okay I'll follow for sure yeah. really good content Please. great yes. <laughs> and it's glad i'm glad to hear you're about to be uh at the uh, Mastermind Studio now. Oh, I know, awesome. dude. Awesome. It's, a, it's yeah. a level up. Okay? <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah, and I'm like getting in now because I'm like, they're going to blow the Move it Mark and his team are fire. Yeah, yeah, they sure. are fire. fire. Dude, it's great. Yeah. Queen behind the scenes, Ja. Keep yeah, doing your yeah, thing. Yeah, Keep yeah. doing your thing. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I literally sent a picture of, because I've shot two episodes here. I sent a picture, or no, I, I did a video so they could hear the sound too. And I was like, so we like this better right and they were like oh my god and i was like okay okay good yeah, good, yeah. good 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 that's good, what good. i want to hear that's what i want to hear good. and they were like yes and then now more people once i've sent out the clip because it hasn't even aired yet it won't even air for four or five weeks once that airs like i know i'm gonna have so many more people that want to do the podcast which oh, is yeah. great Sick. oh yeah. yeah that's how it goes that's, that's, how, it goes. Off. So that's exactly yeah. how it goes yep. yeah that's sure. right and at this time compadres y'all know what to do that's at C-O-M-P-O-D-R-E-S. Again, emphasis on the P-O-D. And to my right, as always, Lance the Man himself. I am underscore ill, son. And also to my right, Joe Rosati himself. The real Joe Rosati. And tell moms when she comes back out here, she's doing Jaeger bombs. Jaeger bombs. Her mom is awesome. That's right. I would love to be a part of this. I would love to be a part of that. fucking with me, huh? She's awesome. And I am SB Press. And like that, compadres, we're going.